0: my life coach like fully shifted my perspective on is like take care of yourself first which i thought was selfish and it's not and when you do that you then can show up unencumbered for other people in your life you're like hey i'm here i'm sitting down and i got nothing like i'm all good i'm here for you let's have a chat no like nothing else going in my on in my head i'm like ready to ready to have a good you know whatever you're about to do dinner conversation meeting so the whole idea of like putting yourself first and being selfish and figuring out what makes yourself feel good really allows you to then show up for other people, um, other opportunities or responsibilities that you have.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Each week with our guest episodes, I try to put the spotlight on someone who in my eyes is tapping into their inner potential. Today's guest was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. He's previously was the vice president of operations for Pop Sockets. Today, he's the co-founder and chief smile officer of Big Smiles program, which is a therapeutic art program for children's hospitals in LA. He's also the CEO of Seek Discomfort, a brand founded by YouTube creators, Yes Theory, who created the brand because they believe the best things in life exist outside of our comfort zone. Today on the podcast, Brian Spawn, baby. There he oh, is. There he is. Thank you for having me, brother. Absolute honor, man. This is a uh, podcast that is long overdue, and sure. I could not be thoroughly more excited to have you on the show today, man.
0: Thank you, man. Me too. Yeah, I've been... Uh... I've been eyeing the podcast for a while, and I'm stoked to to jump on and have a chat.
1: Yeah, we we got a lot to talk about today, so uh, sure. I hope you're ready to to get to get moving along. Yep. Um, something that is so clear to me about you is in through the research. It's been a hell of a journey getting you to where you are today. When I was doing the research uh, a couple of years ago, you had. Started with working two of your best friends. You have Jackson and Justin who run an e-commerce and and you were, excuse me, to run e-commerce and digital strategy for Elwood clothing, a Young's professional streetwear brand, which I'm actually happily wearing right now. Um, Up up to this point though, you had already been involved with, like I had mentioned in the intro, starting PopSocket, starting Big Smiles program. How, how did you discover this passion for clothing and building brands and e-commerce? Because, This this was the first opportunity for me outside looking in where you've you had a track record of like kind of following your ideas and interests. But it seems like Elwood was like the light bulb moment of I need to build brand. And then clearly it's what you're doing
0: today with Seek Discomfort. Yeah. So I think it's like it's cool to look back because in the moment, like you don't see it like this. Like you're just kind of like going with the flow and, you know, this seems like the right path. This seems like the right decision. And then I look back at all of it and I'm like, whoa, there's this really like Interesting way that this all developed in my life. So, you know, like when I was in college, I really wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I started a clothing brand in high school that you know didn't work. I didn't even print my first (laughs) T-shirt. I tried. Um, The
1: the idea was there, though. At least (laughs) exactly,
0: exactly. And um, when I was like a freshman in college, I actually filed a patent for an electronic bike lock. So, like no key, no combination, but RFID or fingerprint or things like that to unlock it. So I like wanted to get into entrepreneurship. And I tried all these different angles, I just didn't know where it would come from. Um, and then I was actually funny enough, and in, in, I was going to school in Colorado. And I was like, you know what, like, it's kind of daunting, this idea of being an entrepreneur, like, where do I where do I enter? What does this look like? And I don't think like there was as much education back then as there is now about like, all these places you could enter and all these different things that you can do. The barriers to entry now are like just plummeted. (laughs) Like, you know, anywhere you want to get in, you can start. And so uh, I actually like started doing some volunteer firefighting and I was like, maybe this is going to be my path. And then I stumbled right into this opportunity with pop sockets. Um, I was in philosophy class one day and my philosophy professor was actually the inventor of the product. And he's this, he's this incredible guy, super goofy dude. And, He literally like had a pop socket in class he was lecturing and he like (laughs) yes got it
1: on right now dude game changer
0: so he like he was you know had it on and he wrapped his head headphones around it because originally like that was what the design was for Mm. and he put it in his pocket and like changed the slide of his lecture and this music started playing he was like dancing around the classroom and then he like stopped and he was like with all that dancing my headset's not even tangled and I was like, "What the hell was that all about?" <laughs> and so I, uh, I walked up to him after class, and I was like, "Hey, like, what what was that all about?" And he's like, "Oh, this is a, a pop socket. Uh, this is my like first prototype of the new design from the factory. I just filed a ton of intellectual property, and I'm trying to start a business." And my eyes like kind of lit up. I'm like, "Whoa, this this like seems really exciting to me." Mm. And so I'm like, "What do you need help with? You know, I'd love to to get involved and." needed help with like social media marketing and graphic design. And I was like, I'm your guy and convinced him that I had those skills when I had neither of them. Uh, and uh, you know, went to like Barnes and Noble, which is funny because that was like a thing back then and picked R.I.P. up like, R.I.P. Social, R.I.P. social media marketing for dummies and like graphic design one oh one. and one uh, and and like just jumped in. And so uh, pop sockets was like this incredible, like first look at entrepreneurship. So that's, mm. Where I really found my love for like direct to consumer, you know, product based business, mm. building a brand, working with good people that I liked, like trying to build something from scratch. You know, I got involved in 2013, and we were like putting together pop sockets in his garage, and you know, I saw that all the way through launch, um, and you know, still sit on the board as a shareholder. So seeing the growth from there, which has been. Such a blessing to just yeah look, just like be a part of that has been so cool. Um, so that was like my first thing where I was like, I love this, and uh, it really gets me excited. But you know, I was still in Boulder. Uh, my family's in LA. My a lot of my friends are out in LA. I absolutely love surfing, and so I just like felt this need to come back, and so I ended yeah. up um, I ended up transitioning into just more of like an advisory role at Pop Sockets. Um, And came back to LA. And uh, while I was out here, you know, I got um, with a a friend of mine, Paige, uh, we got this idea to start what's now the Big Smiles program, um, which is that therapeutic art program that you mentioned. And so I kind of like through that learned like the love of like when you pour your time and um, you know, strategy and all these things I love about business and building into something that can do good for other people. It like was such a amazing place for me and, mm-hmm. um, to get all of my friends involved in that through volunteering. And it was like a really amazing spot where I was like, oh, okay, like there was something really good about Pop Sockets. There's something really good about Big Smiles program. Um, but like I, you know, bills need to be paid and we're running a nonprofit. So. Um, that's where I stumbled into this opportunity with Elwood. Uh, and it was another one of those moments in my career where like, you know, I interviewed for the role to to run their e-commerce business. Um, you know, and I just like, I didn't really have that much e-commerce experience. Like, you know, I launched the business at PopSockets and we had a direct to consumer biz, but I was very green. Um, and they just like handed me, they hired me and handed me the keys to like this seven figure e-commerce business and they're like all right you're the guy like (laughs) go get it done no
1: pressure no pressure
0: i uh i called my mentor like i think that day one of my mentors and i was like they actually like fucking hired me and i have no idea (laughs) what i'm doing and uh he was (laughs) he gave me some really valuable feedback that i tell a lot of people um and it like rings so true in my life today which is uh, no one really knows what they're doing. Like there's no playbook for anything. And no matter how seasoned you get in your career or how experienced you are, like every business, every opportunity, it's like, there's, there's no rule book. And so he's like, you just got to show up, got to be a good person. got to work hard every day. You got to learn from your mistakes and you'll figure it out. And so I always like, keep that in mind. Like, okay, no one knows anything. Just keep doing my best. Show up every day. And, and try and make it happen and so when i got to elwood um i was like whoa okay so here's i always loved fashion personally you know i always like cared what i wore and you know was trying to wear new things and push trends and all of that and um so when i got to elwood i remember like sitting down in my first meeting where like you know they handed out all of these printed out cads or like these computer designs of clothing And then we started to like talk about the business of clothing, right? We're like, okay, what material is this? What's the weight of that material? How much does that cost? What's the fit on this garment? How many units do we want to order for which season? And what does that look like for the budget of the business? And how do we market it? And I was just like, this is incredible. Like (laughs) this is this mix. where I need to be. Yeah. This is this mix of like entrepreneurship because it's a small business, you know, e-commerce, brand building, good people, but like insert clothing. And I was like, Whoa, this is really good. Mm. So that, that was a very long way to answer your question, but that that was kind of my journey of like how I figured out this really good sweet spot of like, Oh, okay. I really like direct to consumer business. I like building brands. You know, I like uh, working with good people. I love clothing. Um, you know, I f- and then I figured out through the Big Smiles program this whole idea of like giving back and having some sort of like real deep meaning in the work you do, and um, that eventually left me to leave Elwood and stumble into my role at Seek, which has put everything together. Yeah, that's because the community at Seek gives me that Big Smiles fulfillment of like, oh, like you know, we get messages from people and like what the yes theory guys have done. And, you know, I'm grateful to to jump on that train and, and keep it pushing forward. But like, there's real, real value um, yeah. to, to people within this community and a real sense of belonging and family. And it's, uh, it's like this, all these good things in my life, like that I really appreciate have like come together in this opportunity at, at seek discomfort. I joke, like the only thing that I think would be better than this is if I just woke up and surfed and did yoga every day, but I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how the bills would get paid at that point. So,
1: but then, but even then at some point it then becomes like, you need that fulfillment aspect. Like I think we all as human beings, yes, we want things and we want to, you know, live life by our own terms and and surf all day and do yoga all day. But I, I really do believe at some point that either becomes old or we just become like, we we start itching for the next thing. That's like going to like give back to the world. So it's like, I, it's so interesting just hearing how it's played out because it's where you are now with seek is just like, to me it's like the prime position that you could have ever asked for where it's, it's integrating with uh, you. The fact that you even, you were potentially starting a clothing brand in high school just shows you like in inside of you, there's always been this belief of like yeah. something within branding. And then on top of like the, the give back component, of big smiles, like the fact that you're now with seek, it all just makes total sense to me. And and yeah. I think, I think the brand itself seek discomfort has been such an inspiration for me. Mm. And I, I saw Matt a couple of weeks ago and yeah. I told him that them as creators and what regardless of where they're all going now, what they proved to concept with yes theory. And then obviously building on everything else they have around it. They have proven that you can do good in the world and build something massive and beautiful at the same time. And it's like, yeah. I told Matt, I said, you guys are literally like my North star as a creator. Mm-hmm. Like I see you got. I saw you guys build what you built and that gives me the permission and the excitement of like, if they've done it, I can do it. And it's, Love even Matt. though it's completely separate lanes, but, um, I just think what, where you are at with seek and everything that you guys are pushing to the world is phenomenal. And it's, it's what, you
0: know, a lot of people in this world need, which is the greatest thing about it. Thank you, man. Yeah. I mean, the guys, they like the. The vision that they had six years ago when they started this is just pretty incredible. Uh, I think they were so far ahead of the game and where people were thinking at that time, right? And I think like now more and more you're hearing this idea, like even I'll be like on the Peloton or whatever, and you'll hear people use like, get out of your comfort zone and like, like, so it's like, everyone's getting to this place where we're like, oh, wow, like we we, we've gotten so much comfort in our modern day life. Like we need to kind of break out of that shell a little bit. Um, and so that's cool, man. I love, I love to hear that. And I think like, you know, I always talk about, I was actually talking about it this morning. Um, and the whole idea of like, you know, they've been fighting the good fight. Right. And like there's Mm -hmm. things that they can do like clickbait and just, it's like just junk food trying to get the clicks and the views but they've just stayed like true to that North star and every decision they make is like, is this adding value to our community? And if it's not doing that, they're not going down that path. And I think that what that's done for them is like a more sustainable growth over a long period of time. Like this, yeah. this, we're like in a tanker ship just cruising, like cruising along and it's just in <laughs> deep, deep building and building and building. Right. It's not like, you know, I don't expect us putting out one video that takes this business to the moon, but it's just like year after year after year. Like, you know, I have a dream of building the largest family through Seek Discomfort. Like I want everywhere you go in the world, you wear like the Seek Discomfort logo on your chest and it like people welcome you into their homes. You like oh. people walk up to you on the street, give you a hug. Like that's what they're creating. I think over that, like just slow and steady and like do good and good things will happen. Yeah. Um, I always, gr- God, my, uh, me and my, my dad is like another one of my big mentors in my life. And we always talk about how, um, there's that saying like nice guys finish last. Mm-hmm. And we always talk about how nice guys finish first. It's just a really long race. Ooh. And it's like short
1: term, it, long term.
0: It's like, yeah, where's your, where's your, where's the value at? And what are you really trying to do with life? And if you just like show up and be a good person and, and focus on the long game like you can't lose
1: yeah as long as you're putting step one front one foot in front of the other every single day at some point things are going to click and you're going to be exactly where you want it to be but taking these shortcuts of doing the things that are clickbaitable or to me it's just like what do you want to be known for you know like there are said youtube groups out there that make prank content and we can think of them immediately and i love and respect the message and and or not the message but like it brings joy to people. It makes them laugh, yeah. right? And I yeah. think there's there's a, a there's an angle for that, and there's a market for it. Yeah. But it's like I, if I was in that position, I would say, do I want to be known for this in 20 years from now? Yeah. Because to me, that's always the bigger picture. It's like, yes, you might be at X position today, but where are you going to be 20 years from now? And as long as you can understand kind of the direction you want to go, then it's easier to make decisions in real time. Of is this going to get me closer to the to where I want to be, or? am I just doing this to get a quick increase of money, fame, whatever you want to call yep. it? And then do I want to be known for that at the end of the day?
0: Yep. And I think that translates like so many different ways, you know, like, yeah, especially in business. Like if you think about running an e-commerce business, right? Like there's, there's quick ways to grow e-commerce businesses. You like, you discount, you know, you like pour yes. money into ads, all of these things. Like it will work in the short term, you know, like if we did a sale, you know, on seek discomfort every other month we were discounting, like we would do incredible this year from a sales perspective, but just not sustainable. Yeah. And so I think it's like, yeah, just being disciplined and like knowing where you want to be in the future and sticking to that plan and, and kind of having that, like that, like short-term execution, but long-term vision, I think yeah. it's, it's huge.
1: How have you gone about being in the position as CEO of seek discomfort? How do you define goals? because I feel like that's a really important thing that honestly, now I think about it and even prepping for this podcast, I'm more of somebody that kind of likes to know where the bigger picture is, but to kind of be loose on specific deadlines of when I expect to hit these goals to just in the sense of like trusting the flow of life and the world and not wanting to force X things. But I also have heard from many people and especially in the business world, it's like, you have to set targets and goals sure. for quarters. So that so I'm like seeing both sides of the coin. Yeah. How, do you,
0: how do you set goals? It's interesting because like I'm very much more in your camp with this idea. Yeah. And I feel the same thing you feel. Like am I like off by not having like a five-year plan that I need to like <laughs> put all of these steps in place? And I think <laughs> there are people that are really good at that. And I think it fires them up to like we need to hit this goal so we're going to like – Do this extra work and no matter what happens we're making this happen right but i've always been more of like you know every year i'm putting together like financial goals for the business right like what do i think is Mm -hmm. realistic financially um but more like of the like strategic goals i would say it's it's like an annual process for me i don't Mm -hmm. like go way too far into the future but you know i just will look at like when the year is coming to an end, I try and just like take a step back and really get more high level with what Mm. I'm doing. It's so easy throughout the year to just get caught in the weeds and you're just executing and like all these things that are happening and all this marketing that's going out and projects that are being launched. And then like towards the end of the year to take a step back, I'll usually like meet with the whole team and just say like, here's my vision for like, we we met in January and I was like, here's my vision for 2021 and so that's kind of like my North star for the, the year of like the things that I'm trying to get into. But then throughout the year, like I kind of just like what you got to be responsive to what's working and what's not working. Yes. Adjust in real time. Yeah. So like as I'm starting to see things roll out, I'm like, okay, like, for example, you know, we're, we're working on a full active where and athleisure collection for seek discomfort huge like run, running shorts yoga pants you know like the whole nine yards and uh it's just like to design performance activewear takes time and like i don't want to just put out our activewear collection this year because that's what we had originally set out to do mm. and have like you know crappier product because of it so like you know that's a thing where i'll sit down with a team and be like hey here's how I'm seeing all of this play out. And like, I want another two to three passes on our active wear samples to really refine what we're doing and like feel so good about the finished product that this is probably like a Q1 launch or a wow. spring launch. Right. Um, and also with yes theory, it like primes me to be very fluid because like their that's one of the beauties of, of yes theory is like their, their whole like content schedule is so, fluid because they'll have an incredible idea or an incredible opportunity and it's like they'll just go for it so it's like hey you know we had a um we're gonna do another uh collaboration with lululemon Mm. and that was i
1: I wear those shorts uh, every every every, at least once a week
0: yeah so we're gonna do you know another one of those (laughs) this year and that was originally supposed to be this month but then the team's now out in europe and we had this like plan to push it to the next to next month and so I'm always trying to be fluid um, with business goals. I think it it starts for me really with like twofold. Number one, financially, what are the Mm -hmm. owners kind of anticipating in terms of like financial goals? Mm -hmm. And then how do you then look at like the brand goals and the product and everything like that and the marketing and the value add? How does that all align together to get you to where you need to go? Because I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that you invest in that might not have financial impact this year, but long-term really pay dividends. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of like start with the budgeting and the financial goals and then look at like these other buckets of product, brand, marketing, projects, and like how does that all come together to get us where we want to go. Dude, the
1: <laughs> the, most, the most phenomenal thing about people like yourself, people in, in roles of CEOs is – you guys and gals wear so many hats. Like when I'm hearing you talk, I'm hearing about different segments of the business where you probably have somebody that just focuses on that aspect of the yeah. business, whether it's like, whether it's like product development, uh, finances, design, um, like collaborations, like partnerships. There's so much happening within each of those sub buckets. Like, how are you navigating wearing that hat? Like, like, to especially in a day, you could go from like a finance meeting to then the next meeting you have creative to the next meeting you do a podcast like this. Like there's this constant. It's the most phenomenal thing, and I saw it with Brandon Cohen at Liquid Ivy. It's this constant shift of like this is one part of your brain to the next to the next to the next. How how do you navigate that? Because it's yeah. unbelievable to me.
0: This is a huge one. This is like a really big topic. Um, yeah. Like today is a perfect example, right? Like the meeting I had this morning, I went surfing with this. Uh, with this guy who owns this nonprofit called Sustainable Surf. And, you know, we had a whole chat about sustainability, right? And then from there, rush home straight into a meeting with our lead designer and spend an hour and a half, like, just deep in design for holiday, like reviewing graphics, reviewing colors, you know. Then I, like, am reviewing samples for our production for Q4, jumping straight into a podcast with you where we're like, so it's it's, – and I'll have days where I'm like meeting with the CFO in the morning to like really get into nitty gritty, like finance and like P and like picking apart expenses yeah. and then like straight into like a meeting with Amar where we're like talking in outer space about like, <laughs> you know, like, and so it's like, it's, it's a really, it's a really, really challenging thing. Like to, just to be honest about it. Um, and what's, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent, uh, and advocate for therapy And so like, I have, um, a therapist and like, uh, like life coach that I'll see like maybe once a month. And he gave me some really good advice because like, uh, you know, I would just sometimes talk to people when the business was in a, in a hard place. And I would say like, fuck, my job is really hard. And what he like taught me to do is reframe my mind to literally say like my six jobs or my eight jobs are really hard because the fact of the matter is like, you know, today, maybe like my HR department is having a shitty day where like I wasn't the best leader, but like the business is is crushing financially and the product and the design and the marketing is all clicking. So like today's not a bad day in total. I just didn't do the best job at being a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think like that, like compartmentalizing a little bit of like, don't wrap it all up into one ball and say like, Oh, I'm having a shitty day. It's like, well, is the, is the business on fire or is there just like one part or one hat that's like kind of needing some more attention Mm -hmm. so that, that Mm -hmm. would be, um, one thought on that. Um, and then I think the other thought, you know, this goes back to. Uh, I was listening, I've been starting to listen to your like individual podcast where you just like drop the wisdom. And um, you you were talking about seven habits uh, of people to like reach their full potential, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've like, when I was in college, uh, I read this book, The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. Mm. And I was like expecting like this spiritual journey through this book. And it was very like, It started out, and it was like very matter of fact, which was like uh, everyone on the planet, right, is like pretty much the same. We're all humans, and we all want to find some sort of happiness in life, and we want to like alleviate suffering. And um, so, when you look at the world in that lens, like you you find a lot more empathy for for people, right? Like someone cuts you off when they're when they're driving, and you're like, "Hey, that person's just doing their best. Like whatever they're doing right now, they're trying to be happy, and they don't want to suffer." So. Um, You know, you start with that. And then what he talked about is like literally write down all the things in your life that make you feel good and make you happy. And write down on the other side, all the things that cause you pain and suffering and sadness in your life, right? Just write them all down. And mainly the things that are like in your control, right? And then just go out and like really invest in the things that make you happy, schedule them into your days, into your weeks, into your months. And pull the negative, pull the, uh, toxicity, pull the, um, things that cause you suffering out of your life. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I think where this is all going with the six jobs is like, I have to do my best to stay on my personal a game. Like when I wake up and go to work, I gotta have like a lot of, I gotta fill myself up because I gotta give in a lot of different directions. And so what I, what I, do for myself. I have this little like formula that I came up with based on what we just talked about, which is happiness and kind of balance in life equals discipline plus mindfulness. And what that means to me is like, write down that list, right? What do I like? What do I not like? And then you got to have the discipline to like actually execute on it. Because like, I like the idea of lifestyle design or lifestyle architecture, Like Mm -hmm. you're in the driver's seat. So if you want like to wake up early, like you got to find a way to do it. Like you're in control, right? Or if you want to be more creative or you want more time like in nature, like just make it happen. You're in the driver's seat. So have the discipline to, to put all the good things in your life and try and reduce the amount of toxicity and negativity and all the things that cause you suffering. And then the, the kicker here, which I think is really important, is the mindfulness piece, Great. which is like, how do you actually drop down into the present moment, look around and be like, wow, like the discipline got me to this place where like I'm really grateful for my life, right? Because I think there's a big difference in like knowing that you're happy versus feeling that you're happy. And so the mindfulness piece gets me to that place where like, I feel happy or I feel grateful. Um, and I think that's like the biggest part of how do I manage this role, which is like the hardest role I've ever had. I got to take care of myself, like self care and, and, um, just like self-awareness. Like how do I put myself on my A game as much as possible is like, is the key for me.
1: You're speaking my language, brother. Uh, I this is going to be a good chat. Yeah, so much of what you said is like the entire point of like these podcasts and everything that I do. It's like one um, – a couple things. One is like the – you have to be aware to understand what makes you happy and what isn't. And a lot of times we find ourselves doing the same shit that doesn't make us happy, but we yep. keep showing up and doing it. Whether it's the workout class that doesn't actually – we don't enjoy – whether it is the friendships that don't make us feel good, we continuously show up even though we know this is not good for us. So I think that's a massive thing. Yeah, Uh, I think it's really important to – you have to – you have to prioritize yourself before the world does. And, and by doing so, you actually show up to the world as a better human being, regardless if you're a CEO yeah. or if you're a podcaster or if you work at a local, insert yeah. any wh- whatever it is that you do, you have to prioritize yourself because nobody else is going to look after you. And by you actually being accountable to showing up and doing the things that make you feel your best, you then it's a ripple effect for yeah. the rest of the world. And that takes time. That process time. of finding like – the morning routines, the the uh, feeding yourself the right comp, the content, the right yep. thoughts. Uh, all this stuff takes time, but it it really is like a formula. Like I, my, my old roommates used to joke living with me is like a groundhog day. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie where it's just the same day every single day throughout the movie, and that's my life because I've programmed myself at least Monday through Friday. I'm very regimented. I I have very strict – I wake up at X time. I'm doing this by this time. It is like calculated. But the reason I do it is one, it helps me feel my best, which allows me to show up to the day. And then two, I know where I'm supposed to be and when. There's never this question of like, when am I podcasting? When am I recording? When am I writing out the show notes? It's all built into a formula. So it's like when one o'clock hit today, I knew, boom, we're jumping on this podcast. Or like this morning when I was prepping for a solo podcast, I knew it's 6 a.m. Boom, start writing out the notes and- there's all these little, these little things, these little micro decisions in our day that yeah. allow us to operate at our highest self. And the last thing I'll say is the gratitude aspect, changing the perspective and, and thought that oh, I will be happy when I get to X or I'll be yeah. happy when I get to whatever that destination dream yeah. looks like. The ability to change the, the, the framing of, I get to do this podcast with you today. Yeah. I get to work out this morning. I get yeah. to record another podcast that, this afternoon. Not I have to, I get to. And and yeah. finding the gratitude in just the process of the day to day is the ultimate key to success, happiness, 100%. and to honestly living a fulfilled life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more that um that gratitude piece is is such a big one. Um, yeah. and just like if you can f- you like there's there's so much like new data coming out about positive psychology and being able to really flip your mindset and I yes. think like if you can if you lean into gratitude, if you lean into meditation, if you lean into any of these tools that are out there and you give it a fighting <laughs> chance, like you'll literally start to see your your brain just change and operate in different ways. Like you'll start walking around the world and you'll be like, "Oh, I got that." Like for me, it's never I like I had this idea when I was a kid, I would just reach like peak happiness and now I would just like put the plane on autopilot and just freaking <laughs> throw the legs Keep up. Going. And and, yeah. and unfortunately that's <laughs> I've never found that place. So, you know, it's like a constant ebb and flow for me. Um, but I can always get to back to that place where I'm like I check in with myself and I'm like, Boom again, am I like feeling really happy and fulfilled right now? or am I feeling really stressed and anxious because the circumstances haven't changed, right? Like, yeah, maybe business is a little worse. Maybe business is a little better, like maybe X, Y, and Z. But for the most part, my life is pretty consistent. And so, Mm. you know, it's like when you can really flip that, when I start to feel like uh, I'm not really like that present and I'm not really like feeling happy or I'm not really feeling grateful, I know that I am but i don't feel it that's when i'll like okay like let's double down like yes you know time to lean into meditation time to lean into gratitude time to lean into journaling or all of these things in my kind of like toolkit that i know put me in the right space so it's always kind of like that elusive thing where you're like okay constant changing things that are happening in my life how do i keep putting myself in like a in in a good place where i can you know show up for the day and I think one thing, too, is um, not only for business, but when you focus on yourself first, you know, I originally this was another thing that my therapist and my life coach like fully shifted my perspective on is like, take care of yourself first, which I thought was selfish and it's not. And when you do that, you then can show up unencumbered for other people in your life. You're like, hey, I'm here, I'm sitting down and I got nothing like I'm all good. I'm here for you. Let's have a chat no like nothing else going in my on in my head i'm like mm. ready to ready to have a good you know whatever you're about to do dinner conversation meeting so the whole idea of like putting yourself first and being selfish and figuring out what makes yourself feel good really allows you to then show up for other people um other opportunities or responsibilities that you have
1: yeah i love the the checking in with your emotions which is we don't need somebody else. I mean, please, like if, if you have somebody to talk to, like, yes, lean into that. But if you're somebody that feels like alone or that you, you don't have that person that's asking you, how are you feeling today? It's people talk about mirror talk and that's exactly what it is. It's, it's being, try to put the accountability on yourself and go, you know what? Other people feel the same way as me. So why don't I check in with myself, look in the mirror and ask myself, how am I feeling? If I'm not feeling my best, why, what, what are the things that are around me that are causing me not to feel that way? But that ability to check in with yourself mentally and ask yourself about your emotions, like that in of itself is so key. And, And I think what goes along with that is kind of becoming the importance of becoming your biggest hype man or your biggest hype woman. Sure. There was a past interview that I had heard or read, I forget which, where I found it, but. Uh, past interview where you spoke on the seekers community you said they know that one positive thought has the power to create a miracle and it kind of goes somewhere to what we're talking about today yeah but how have you gone about learning to become your biggest hype man because it's it sounds like there's been a lot of self when i when i get into conversation like this with with people like yourself to yeah. me it's a lot you are somebody that has had a lot of time to think a lot of self-development, whether it's reading books, listening to podcasts, yep. this is not Brian just woke up in like epiphany light bulb. He's yeah. woke. He's like thriving. Like this is, this is the deep work was what yep. I would uh, kind of title it as. 100%. But how have you learned to become your biggest i man? how important is that?
0: So I think honestly, the, the journey started when I was working at Elwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I was at Elwood, uh, I, uh, was really trying to show up for the business, but that's like kind of really all that I cared about up until that point. Like I think a lot of young kids uh, that are like in college or want to get into business or entrepreneurship, it's like I just want to hustle and I want to be successful and you're just going at it. I'm like, how can I wake up earlier? How can I work harder? (laughs) Like how can I like, you know, be the most fit just so I can like do really well at work. And so that was like a big focus of mine until this point at Elwood where um, you know, number one, I read that book, The Art of Happiness, which really like opened my mind to like, whoa, I am in control mm-hmm. of the things in my life that make me feel good and the things that don't. Um, but then there was a point at Elwood where I actually got my first like proper check from Pop PopSockets um, mm-hmm. from being a shareholder. That was when the business was just like growing exponentially. Um, and uh, we started paying out distributions to shareholders. And I like remember this day where like, boom, wire hit my bank account and I like sat back and I was like, wow, like that's really incredible because it, it, it gives me financial security in, in my life that I didn't have prior, but nothing else. It didn't give me anything else, right? Like I, I had a drink with my buddies. It was like great and it felt really good. But I was like, there's to your point, a lot of fucking deep work that I need to do if I really want to find this like, like real rich and deep like fulfillment in life, right? If I want to mm-hmm. look back at my life and have no regrets and just be like, I really like took care of myself and I showed up and I have like relationships that are meaningful to me and experiences that I love and like, you know, I'm, I'm in good health and all of that. Like I need to, to figure this out. And I actually had a really um, like philosophical conversation with my boss where I was like, I think I'm going to like quit <laughs> after I, after I got that check, because I was like, I, I literally was talking to him, and he he's about the age. My boss was about the age of uh, of my dad, and I was like, I kind of just want to like play golf with my dad on a Wednesday every other week. Like, I want to like surf a bit more. I want to like, there's a lot more to life than just like me hustling wow. ten to twelve hours a day, and I need to like really figure what all that's about. And so when I left Elwood, my plan was like, all right, the best way I could think of doing this is I'm going to start my own direct to consumer business of all these things that I love, clothing, jewelry, you know, e-com, brand building, value add, like all of this. Uh, the brand was going to be called Breaker and the whole idea was like, break the norm. So like what I was about to try and do of just like follow my own path and try and figure it out. I was going to build that message while I was building that brand. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ended up connecting with the yes theory guys and they were like, Hey, like, like, let's, let's, let's jump in and let's work together. (laughs) Um, And I was like, wow, that's like, it's too big of an opportunity to pass up. And I'm, I'm so inspired by those guys and what they've built. So um, yeah, I think like to your point about like, how did I, get like, how did I figure all this out? I'm still fully on the journey, right? As I'm sure Mm -hmm. you are like, but I think what me and you have probably done that other people might not have invested as much time in is like all of the things other than our career that like make us feel good and actually like amplify the results within our career. Like I'm a big believer. There was a Ted talk I watched uh, that was all about reversing the happiness formula. And it's like, if you find happiness now, that in turn will make you more successful versus the typical path, which is like when I graduate from college, when I get the job, when I get the car, when I get the house, when I get married, when I have a kid, right? It just mm-hmm. when I get the bigger house, it just like, it. it's a never ending cycle. And so I think for me, it's just this focus of like, and and to be honest, I don't know. It's a constant balance for me when I, you know, I'll look at people who just like put their head down and and work an incredible amount of hours every single day. And sometimes I'm like, should I be doing that? Right. Like this morning is a great example. I went, you know, woke up at six, surfed like seven thirty till. Nine o'clock, and you know, got back to my desk at 10 in the morning as a CEO of this business, right? Like, some might say that's really not a good look, but I'm trying to figure out can I build this business in a way where I can find the path, and then hopefully that can relay onto our team of, you know, how do we build a really successful business, but also really take care of ourselves and like Mm. find this balance that's super sustainable where it's like you're not going to burn out because you're you feel good balance and it's always it gets thrown off sometimes i'm like hey i gotta this week is leading up to a huge drop for seek or this month like i'm not going to be surfing on a on a you know wednesday yeah but some weeks where it's like hey we're in a really good spot everything's great like let's get into it And, and then so i think for me it's really like day in and day out, just continuing to try and figure out that balance. And also, Mm -hmm. like you said, the deep work of like refining my toolkit. And I like, last year, I was in the middle of the pandemic and I was feeling like really anxious more than I've ever been. And I just cut caffeine out of my life for an entire year. And I was like, what does that do to my formula, right? And I like learned from it and I'm like, okay, there's a part of that that I really liked. There's part of it that wasn't as good for my productivity at work. Right. So it's like, what's the, what's the balance there? And it's like, I'm even like, it's kind of crazy, but I'm like testing out once I got fully off caffeine, I'm like, okay, what's like, how does green tea make me feel? How does black tea make me feel? How does coffee make me feel? And it's like, oh, I, I got to a place where I'm like, you know, if I drink black tea early morning or late morning before I have lunch, it gives me good energy throughout the day. I'm not like too in my head and I can sleep at night. It doesn't keep mm-hmm. me up. So I think like just continuing to ask yourself that question, like if you don't feel good, why? I think like I always talk about there's always a solution. Like I joke with my fiance, like. There's always a solution, like what's going (laughs) on and, and let's, let's find it. like you're in the driver's seat, you know? And when you have that mentality, it, like you, you stay out of that, like victims lane of like, oh shit. Like, it's just like, no, like, okay, something happened to me. How do I get myself out of it? How do I find something that can at least, maybe it's not the end all be all, but it can at least teach me something and get me closer to the, the, the answer.
1: Yeah. I think a couple points. Also, I think the comments of fiance, I think that's uh, your easy route to ending a fight of like, we're going <laughs> here for dinner. We're going there. All right, well, there's gotta be a solution. Let, yep. Let's, let's get down to business. But I, I think the balance aspect of finding a way to, I think when you're starting something new, I can think back to my podcast career. Like there's nothing but growth. I need to prove to the world. I need to show the world what I'm possible. Of. And so there's like grind time all the time. But at some point, it finally got to that place where I was like, wow, I can now create the space. I don't need to convince people what I'm capable of. I can now create the space to step away. And by doing that, it gets you re inspired to then get back to the work. And also, the amount of dots that have got connected for me, just living my life and having mm-hmm. a good time. I'm just like, wow, I, I need to keep doing this. So I think, yep. I think to your point, it's like you, you're just, it's almost like checking in with your emotions. You're checking in with work of like, okay, we don't have a drop coming up, everything's kind of in place okay, I can do the surf this morning. Or like yeah. if there's a big drop coming up and the designs aren't in and finalize, like, all right, we're gonna have to sacrifice. But it's that constant pivot of like today's get this week's going to be really busy, but you know what? I know that next week we can kind of pull back off the gas or yeah. f- same with our physical fitness. If we're pushing it too hard, we know like, all right, maybe I'll take the next couple of days a little bit easier. And it's that constant, uh, uh just awareness. And, yeah. and and the fact that you took time off from caffeine, and you're testing and trying these up uh, these other forms of it. I'm obsessed with human optimization because yeah, I, I really do believe every diet, every person is unique to themselves. Like what works for me as a diet, food intake or caffeine-wise, is not gonna necessarily work for you or the next person. So it's yeah. just being aware enough to constantly know that like there's always a little bit more room to grow. Like, yeah. even recently, like the last couple of weeks, I would go vegan Monday through Friday. And that's solely because I'm just like do I feel better? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I've seen people talk about it. I'm not saying like that's the only diet to live by, but I have nothing to lose by trying it. And honestly, I've been feeling better. So I'm just like, all right, let's keep doing this. A little Monday through Friday, like tight diet. And then the weekends we kind of splurge and get us some other good food. But I'm I'm huge on human optimization. I think it's it's a really cool topic. I think we're
0: we're very aligned in a lot of those ways. Like I found for myself, like Monday through Friday, right? I'm trying to like, not really eat any carbs. I'm trying to like not really have booze. And then again, it's like if I have a nice dinner plan with a group of friends, like I'm not going to hold back. Like I'm going to let it rip. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I think there's- Bring think, out the tequila, fellas. <laughs> exactly. So I think there's like another another thing that I learned from this therapist was like, you're not always going to be at a 12, right? Yes. And so on the days when you wake up, And you feel like a six or the days where you wake up and you want to, you know, eat a cheeseburger or or like, you know, watch Netflix or whatever it might be. Like, don't try and pick it apart and like what's going on and how do I get out of it? And just like, sometimes you got to just sit in it. And -hmm. what I've found more recently, like is more recent kind of learning for me is like, Hey, when I, when I don't just like tuck it under the rug and like try and move on from it and just grind through the day. And I'm like, Hey, not really having the best day and who knows what it was right like maybe I just didn't get enough sleep maybe like I ate something that threw me off or like had a weird conversation that got me in a mindset or whatever like I just kind of like let it be and like do the best I can for that day and then I wake up the next day and usually like it's like a one or two day turnaround I'm like right back in it yes um so yeah I'm like I love I'm with you I love the idea of optimization not For me, the optimization isn't for like, how can I be the most productive or how can I be the most successful? For me, the optimization is like, if I do all these things right, like I'm going to live a really happy and fulfilled life. Like I'm going to wake up. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to have good energy. When I go into a meeting, I'm going to be present. My work's going to get done. Like I'm going to like have like, you know, growth within my relationships and all that stuff. So, I mean, that's why I invest in this life coach slash therapist. That's why like, you know, I've, I've gone to nutritionists. I'm just like, what, what tools, you know, we invest in education and we go to college or high school, but like, there's a lot of like mental and physical development that we don't invest in, right? Like, you know, three days a week, I got like a, a a personal trainer and like Mm. invest in those things that, that like really can get you um, feeling good. Cause when you're in a good place you wake up and do your routine and, and you feel good mentally and you know, you put good things into your body and it makes you feel like have good energy throughout the day and you put yourself in a good mood and it's like, it's a great place to be. And so I'm all for that idea of like constantly just testing and iterating on like what makes me show up as my best self.
1: Yeah. Uh, optimization to me equals balance. Um, I think investing in yourself is always, I can always rationalize it as long as it's not like putting you into like the red in your bank account, like be smart, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And, and, and to echo what you said about, I love that when, if you're not having the greatest day, usually you can go to sleep and then the next day you're usually good. I weirdly just get obsessed with, the 24 hours in front of me. Like I have a gratitude journal that every single morning when I wake up, I fill it out and there's a part where it's like there's a prior uh, excited for. And it's a three-part section where I write about three things that I'm excited for for the day ahead. You were on the list for today. There was a, and there were two other things that I needed to get done today. And that gives me like that excitement for the day. But so similarly, when the day is coming to an end, or there's a point in the day where it's not feeling so hot, and maybe by the end of the day I feel like, man, today wasn't my best, or yep. I didn't, I didn't execute the way I, I wanted to, or it wasn't as present I wanted it to be, I, I, I just tell myself, just sleep it off. And when you wake up tomorrow, you just let that be behind. That's the past, yep. and I, and then I do it all over again. I go, what am I excited about today? Yep. What am I going to crush today? Yep. And when you get obsessed about the 24 hours instead of the big picture of the weeks and the months and the, the, the um, the trip you have planned in two weeks, three weeks, you then find the happiness in the day to day. It's no longer these like destinations. My mom always gives me shit. Cause she'll be, you know, she's coming out here in a, in a month and she's already she's talking to me about like what we're going to do, who we're going to see. And yes, we have to plan, but I'm like, Mom, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Like, I need yeah. to be excited about all these days leading up. Yeah. And I can't wait to see you, but we'll we'll figure this out when it gets closer. So I think there's like a, a real uh, powerful thing when you can get just obsessed with the 24 hours ahead of you and yeah. uh, it, it just changes the perspective on everything.
0: Yeah, there's a there's another one in in positive psychology that's good as like if again, this is just another one of these tools that I'll like pull out if I'm in a place that doesn't feel great is uh, at the end of the day you journal meaningful things that happened during the day and so like we so often just breeze by our days and don't take a second to look back and be like if i just if i just stop at the end of the day today and right before i go to bed or whatever it is grab a journal or grab the notes on my phone or whatever you got and i just write down like okay you know i had a surf with michael this morning that was super incredible we caught all these waves, like swell was amazing. We had a great chat about sustainability. Boom. Right. Had a sick chat with Bob egg been waiting to talk to him. Like, you know, like what you're doing. Um, and this is back to the positive psychology of it. You're actually reliving those moments in your, in your brain. And Mm -hmm. so you're just like stamping it almost as if it happened twice in your life. And what that does is it, when, when people, they've studied this and when people look back at their life, uh, as they journal about meaningful moments, they overall feel like their life is more meaningful just because they're writing it down. So that that's another good one that I'll like look to if I'm like kind of in a bit of a rut. It's like yeah, wake up, stretch, meditate, gratitude, end yeah. of the day, um, write down anything that was like meaningful.
1: Mm, that's good. See, I've been doing that, but I do it in the morning during the gratitude journal. Where I have to write about a prompt of it is a positive experience from the past 24 hours. And I'll usually like, if there's a couple things, I'll bullet it. But I almost like the idea of doing it at the end of the day, because yeah. it, then you're appreciating it in real time. And even if you didn't have the best of day, this could be the moment that allows you to retweak your perspective. Like, all right, maybe I don't feel like I was that productive or things didn't go as according to plan, but X, Y, and Z happened. So I should feel pretty good. And then, yeah. you know, that kind of carries you through sleeping and then uh, to the next day. So I, I yeah. actually love that um sacrifices you've mm. you've made sacrifices to get to where you are today two of the big ones that definitely popped up uh when i was like getting ready for this podcast was one you mentioned it kind of earlier in the podcast but i don't even i don't even think we we had dove into the fact that like you dropped out of college uh, of university of colorado to start with um david barnett i think his, yeah. his name was of pop socket you another sacrifice you made was when you left elwood you weren't you didn't really know what you were doing next, which in of itself is pretty hard to do where it's like somebody's, if you're in a position, usually you're going to leave it if you have the next thing lined up, but you were just like, I don't know, but I'm going to trust it. What have you learned about making sacrifices? What's the key and how important is it?
0: Yeah. So I think like for me, a lot of that boils down to like not overthinking it and like Mm -hmm. trusting your gut. And I won't like, act on my gut right away right because a lot of times like I don't like who knows what like the your gut feeling like what is that right is that like <laughs> you know where does that come from versus yeah. like more like rational thought but there's that thing that just keeps coming up inside right and I listen to it right I don't like take it for fact I think that's a good thing too with like self chatter and, and a big tool of mindfulness and meditation is like if thoughts or emotions come up, like you look at them and you kind of like check it out, but you don't have to like become it or you don't have to like consume it. Mm -hmm. So just like when things start to come up, I'm like, okay. And so like, again, at Elwood, you know, for a while there, I was there for three, over three years. And I kind of just started to have this feeling of like, I think there's something else out there for me. Um, And then you know, I just kept having that feeling, kept having that feeling, kept my head down, um, and uh, and then the whole you know thing with pop sockets happened, and it just was like this. I think this is the right time. Wow. Um, I'm also a big like advocate for like patience. Like, there's a lot of sh- things that unfold in my life where I have the idea now, but I just put it in my back pocket, even in in like negotiating, like negotiating different things. I'm like, okay, I know the angle I want to take here. I just don't know when is the right time. So let me just tuck that in my back pocket and know that it's there. And then something develops within a situation or within your life. And you're like, boom, pull it out, bring it on the table. And like, mm. it's time to go. So like, with with that, like, um, I think there's a part of it that's like, you got to listen to your gut And if it keeps coming up over and over and over and over again, like you should probably figure out a way to to listen to it. Um, I think um, I'm also a huge advocate. Like if I talk to like younger entrepreneurs who want to take the leap of faith and do their own thing or take the risk or whatever it might be, I'm like, look, I'm all for like taking a massive leap of faith and like sprinting and like jumping off the cliff, hoping you got like a landing on the other side. But like that's fucking really scary and like it at times might not be the best move, right? Like there's real responsibility in life. Just like you said, like getting a personal trainer is great. But if you can't, if it's going to put you in debt, like that's not the right move. So I'm always like if you can take that leap of faith off a cliff and turn it into like maybe a a step off a curb, right? Or maybe like a jump over a a little like where you can see the end result. Um, I'm I'm huge on that. Right. So it's like, if you can start to figure out, you talked about a little bit, but like that people who leave a job because they have the next step or like, you know, I've talked to people who are in a job that's like pretty good, but they like, maybe love photography or love art or whatever it is. Right. And I'm like, if you really love that, you know, after work on the weekends, like invest in it, start, start, there, like we talked about earlier, the barriers to entry in every industry have been demolished. So like, why can't you go start that podcast while you have a full-time job? Why Mm -hmm. can't you go, uh, start doing freelance photography in addition to your job? And if that's really what you care about, like those won't in the beginning, at least feel like work hours, you'll just be like, Oh, now I get to dive into photography or now I get to record that podcast. And what that does is like you'll get to a point where you're like, okay, I've now worked with five or six clients freelance for photography. Three of them are coming back for repeat jobs. Like if I leave my job tomorrow, like I at least have some income coming in that can pay my bills. Yeah. So I think like for me it's always been like how do you take a practical approach at the risk or the sacrifice? So like reduce your overhead, pull it in tight. <laughs> Find a way to cover your overhead in a sustainable, you know, relatively consistent way. And then like, just let it rip. Right. And then, and then that leap of faith, isn't this like blind, just hope that it's all going to work out, but it's like, you know, you're like, okay, I got a plan here. And I think there's, there's like those, those stories of the Gary V's of the world. Like I ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and lived on my mom's couch for a year. And it's like, that's, Cool, but I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want yeah. to go. You know, and so if you can figure out how to leverage your skill set to not put yourself in a position where you're living on your your parents' couch, or you know, like, I, I think that to me is always my first option and my first piece of advice. And at some point, though, if that voice inside just keeps coming back, keeps coming back, keeps coming back, and like you don't really have the the plan, like sometimes you just gotta leap. But if yeah. you can strategize before that, it makes those decisions a hell of a lot easier.
1: Yeah. It, to me, I'm just hearing calculated risk. Like yep. you're you're putting yourself in a position where it makes sense to then take the next step. And sometimes I think uh, people don't even realize how much hours there are in a week. And so, yes, you might not like what you're doing today or what your income is, but you can if you imagine where you could potentially go doing whatever that career or that opportunity looks like you then just have to make use of all that extra time when you're not working in the job like yep. there's a lot of time and it takes kind of what you're saying earlier It's just patience of just trusting and believing and i mean even in my own journey, i've been podcasting for five years and i might not have i might not be in a position of um of doing it full-time just yet but I trust that inner belief that it will take me to the right place. Sure. And even even in of it itself of going from I had started as an Uber driver to now I'm working full-time on behalf of Liquid, i be buying in the podcast space. So it's like, yep. all right, I know exactly where I want to go, what my true north is, but like along the way, I've been able to get into different vehicles that allow me to really go even bigger
0: into the space. So, And I think I, that's, uh, that's a great example. I think that's the coolest story that, you have. I think I read somewhere you posted on social or whatever it was about like the number of Uber rides that you gave, right? You got it. Yeah, baby. Right. <laughs> so I think that's a perfect example of like you took that calculated risk where you're like, I know I can pay my overhead by driving yeah. Uber. And then every minute I'm not driving Uber, I'm trying to figure out how I can not drive Uber, right? And do what yeah. I love. So yeah. I think like, those are the things where it's like be strategic about the risk. And you know, it like, it doesn't hurt. Like when I left Elwood, I was like, okay, like I, if I go through this entire year next year, and I, I allocate my savings to pay for my expenses and I just like learn a ton about myself. And then at the end of the year, I decided that I want to go back into another role that was similar to Elwood. Like I'm all good with that. And like I was confident that I was marketable and I could get another job, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was like my plan B of like worst case scenario, I spend X number of dollars this year for my savings, which I'm comfortable investing in this idea of like I'm gonna explore. I'm gonna yeah. just figure out what this itch that I got about balance in my life, where is it gonna take me? and then, you know, I always have that plan B in it and it led me to, to yes theory and seek discomfort. So you kind of plan as much as you can. And then like, you know, sometimes you got to just leap and, uh, and, and be strategic about wh- what might happen.
1: Yeah. That's, that's beautiful, man. You trusted the flow and it's taken you exactly to where you are, uh, where you are today we're going to get into the uh final five and then we'll wrap up these questions just one sentence and one sentence answer cool what is what does seek discomfort mean to you family Ooh, i said one sentence he did when one word love that if you could if you could go back and tell yourself one piece of advice at any point of your life
0: what would it be and when trust the process Mm. i don't know when maybe uh probably when i was in college okay Shout out to the
1: University of Boulder Days. Uh area of your life you need to put more effort into.
0: I think continuing to invest in my growth as an mm. entrepreneur and a CEO. Mm. Like good. always stay as a student and just yes. like keep that mindset.
1: Our good friend Zach hanover would say, always a student, never the master.
0: Exactly. That's it.
1: What uh, What's the first step anyone can take to reaching their inner potential?
0: Self-awareness, I would say. Mm,
1: yeah, that's that's crucial. If somebody's listened to the last 63 minutes of this podcast, what is one challenge you have for the listeners today? If they wrap up, they
0: finish listening to this podcast, what's one challenge you have for them? Uh, that piece that we talked about in the art of happiness, sit down, take a piece of paper, Draw a line down the middle on one side, write down all the things in your life that make you happy on the yep. other side, write down all the things in your life that cause you pain, suffering, sadness, and then put together a plan to actually go after the things in your life that make you feel good and remove the things from your life that cause you pain, suffering, and sadness and work your way towards you know more balance and, and happiness in life.
1: Yeah. It goes right back to what you just said, the self-awareness. Which yeah. Understand what's making you happy and what are the things that pull you down and don't make you feel good. Yep. Brian, this has been an absolute honor. This is, has been long overdue. There's so many more layers that we could dive into and there definitely will be a part two podcast at some point. It won't take us this long to make happen again, but yep. uh, I really admire and respect you in the journey that you've taken to get to where you are today. And I think one thing that is so, uh, obvious to me about you is like, you've always really, do, you've, you've been able to listen internally to what you what you feel is best for you. And I think that is a really hard skill to learn that we sometimes feel that we have to listen to society and their expectations in the way our mothers and fathers and grandfathers and cousins and best friend believe that we should live our life. But I think you've done a great job of truthfully living a life authentic to you. And it, to me, it sounds like a you are a product of the family you were raised by and probably some of the mentors you've had along the way. The, obviously, your uh, professor in, in college, how much that played into everything that you guys did with Pop Socket, But you really just have stayed true to you and even taking the leap of going, you know, I'm going to take a year off and see how things play out. I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to figure out who I am. Like th- these are all things that just come back to who you are. And I have nothing but love and, and everything that you guys are doing right now with Seek Discomfort and the Yes Theory boys like – just nothing but respect and watching from afar, the growth has been inspiring for me. And I just love the energy that you yourself and everyone that you are surrounded with within your team, uh, as well as obviously the creators with yesterday, like it's just phenomenal. And uh, please keep chugging along. It,
0: it really is inspiring. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. And uh, we'll have to connect for a beer and, and chat, yes. more, <laughs> chat yes. more about optimization. I'd love to, to hear more about uh, what you got going on in your life totally going to happen. That is totally going to happen.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please, please, please screenshot this episode on whatever platform you were listening in on, post it to your IG story, tag Brian, he's at Spunt, that's at S-P-U-N-T, tag him, tag me, at Bob A, that's B-O, three B's, four A's and a Y, share out the podcast on your IG story, let us know what was the takeaway, what was the learning, what was the gem, how did this podcast episode shape your perspective, your mind- Or was there a certain learning and and how did this podcast affect you? I'd be so curious to learn. Also, please head over and check out Seek Discomfort. Their IG is at seek.discomfort or their website is just seekdiscomfort.com. I will have that all linked up in the description below. Is there anywhere else we should be sending the listeners after this episode?
0: Uh, Yes Theory YouTube channel. Of course. That's How it. could
1: I forget the
0: Thridals golden coming. temple?
1: <laughs> yes. I will have yes theory tagged up below. Love Go it. watch their videos. You will not regret it. Uh, you will be incredibly inspired and you will be ready to chase after your dreams and to honestly, that'll be the fuel to the fire for all of you to seek your discomfort. So Brian Spunt, Thank That's you so much for taking the time to be on the show today, brother. Bobby, thank you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the bearded man podcast. See you, Incredible baby.